All right, we are back. I'm Janine. You're listening to Get the Funk Out right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I want to mention we're on Twitter at KUCI FM, Instagram, KUCI FM. We're on Facebook, KUCI 88.9, and Tumblr, blog.kuci.org. And if you're not familiar with our shows, you can visit KUCI.org. All right, up next, this is Penn Pearson, author of Bloomsbury's Late Rose. Good morning, Penn. Good morning. Thank you for calling in. I was so intrigued by your book. Um, could you tell us a little bit about how you decided on this topic? I'd be happy to. Um, I actually met Charlotte Mew as a graduate student looking for a topic for my critical thesis. Okay. And I had decided to do it on, I wanted to do it on a British um, female poet. And in looking at um, a number of different poets, um, I stumbled upon Neil and um, fell in love with her poetry. Um, this was way back in 1995. Um, I did um, complete my thesis on Neil, and even then I thought, you know, there's so much more I'd like to do um, with her work and um, with her life. And so I got the opportunity um, to go on sabbatical in 2010, and I decided at that time that um, with the popularity of biographical novels um, um, coming to the fore, that she would be a perfect topic um, for uh, my project. I know. I had never heard of Charlotte Mew. I've, if you don't mind, I'm just going to read a little description about it. Uh, of sure. what, what was sent to me. So uh, this is a novel about Charlotte Mew, a real-life British poet whose personal life was as fascinating as her career as a poet. When Charlotte and her sister Anne were young adults, their older brother and little sister were institutionalized with schizophrenia. Afraid of passing insanity onto children, Charlotte and Anne made a secret pact to never marry. And following their father's death, the sisters survived day to day on a dwindling inheritance, unable to work as professional women because of their invalid mother's gentility. Each sister earned pin money through her chosen art. Charlotte as a poet and Anne as a painter. So interesting. Fascinating, I think. Yes. Um, so tell me about the process of writing this book. Well, it involved a lot of research, as you might imagine, um, both in um, text and then also um, site research in London. Um, so really um, um, key to key to the um, research was the biography of Mew's life by Penelope Fitzgerald. It came out in the early 80s, and it was the basis of my thesis, as was her poetry itself, um, and it was the basis for this uh, novel. Um, on Beyond that, I also went into um, articles okay, regarding her life um, written by scholars, um, and then I did site research in London, and that included going to the various um, places in London, including um, her two homes or the sites of her two homes there, actually three homes, and um, as best I could, getting a lay of the land um, in mind so that when I went to write her story, um, I, could, I would have um, the geography and the atmosphere of London um, down. Granted, she um, lived in, from 1869 to 1929, and London has changed considerably. Um, yet one of her um, homes still remains. In fact, her childhood home um, is still um, existent in London, so I was able to take a look at that. 
Um, and just um, um, finally, I went and I read her letters at um, the Bird Collection in New York City and the New York City Library. And that was fascinating because I got to see her own words in her own hand script um, um, to people that actually became characters um, in the novel. It's I really I was so intrigued by this because I'd never heard of her as I mentioned. Um, I'm sure you're going to open a lot of people's eyes to this. Um, I hope so, and I hope different um, readers take different things from it. I mean, if someone's interested for inter in for instance in her and her sister's pack, um, not to have children, mm-hmm. not to marry because they were afraid of passing on the schizophrenia to um, their own children. Um, maybe a reader is interested in mental illness and how it affects the family. You know, that that um, is one thing that occurs throughout the book. Um, another reader who is interested in her love affair with me, Sinclair, um, maybe likes lesbian historical um, fiction. Mm-hmm. It's a whole genre out there. Um, they might find um, the novel fascinating for that reason. Um, so I think there's a lot of different themes for a lot of different readers. Um, another reader who was, you know, fascinated by poetry, you know, of the time in the little magazines that published work and, um, um, you know, the, the different people who were um, part of her uh, mayu, if not her circle, um, you know, could, could take that from the novel. So I think it could appeal to a lot of different readers for different reasons. Were there some surprises for you along the way? I mean, do you feel like um, this was, you know, basically a project where you started in one place and, wow, you got to the end and you were just changed? Well, (laughs) you know, Charlotte changed my life, not just this project, but, you know, as I said, when I stumbled upon her poetry back in um, the mid-'90s, in in short, I mean, she, I went from being you know, interested in being a literary scholar, you know, to being a poet. And so it changed my trajectory, you know, in that way. Um, Certainly um, working on this project itself and um, not only, you know, reading about her life, but actually dramatizing it. Yes. um, You know, brought all of her, um, you know, all of her, her, um, her difficulties, you know, to the fore. Sure. And it was really her struggles in life and her accomplishments that really most moved me. Um, for instance, um, she was very different, um, very shy, diffident. So she was shy because she wasn't very confident in her work. Okay. And yet um, she loved to give readings because she could, um, she loved the dramatic monologue, for instance. And so she would um, take on that persona when she read you know, whoever the speaker of the poem was, so she could distance herself. Um, so, you know, that really um, um, contrasts with, say, her friendships, her close friendships she formed. So one of her difficulties was her shyness, but she was able to overcome that through her poetry and through the loyalty and support she got from certain friends, you know, such as Alita Monroe, such as Sidney Cockerell, such even, you know, as Thomas Hardy, you know, who she visited, his home in Maxgate, whose home she visited in Maxgate, which was the name of his house. Um, what else would you like people to know about this book, and then where can they find out more about it? Okay. Um, well, what I'd like um, people to know about the book is that it um, 
it does appeal to numerous different readers, um, as I said. Mm -hmm. So I think that even if you're not interested in historical fiction, you might be interested in it just because she is a heroic character um, who overcomes a lot of difficulties in life, and including um, family mental illness, you know, including a chronic shyness, including anxiety and depression um, that I think that readers can really relate to. Um, you can find the book just about anywhere. Um, it's certainly available on um, Amazon and Barnes and Noble. You know, both as um, both as print copies and as um, electronic copy copies. It's available at your area bookstores. And for those readers who um, um, aren't interested in investing in a copy themselves, you know, ask your local library. You know, to carry it. Did I ask you this? Uh, the title. The meaning behind the title? Oh, the title. Thank yes. you for asking yes. that. Yeah, um, Bloomsbury's Late Rose. Um, Bloomsbury, you know, the area of London was very important to um, Charlotte's, um, the whole of her life. It is where she lived um, in her three different homes. Um, and I think of it as her haunt. So I wanted that to be, you know, part of the title. Um, I also um, um, wanted to include Rose because the Rose was, or is a um, recurring motif in muse poetry, particularly red roses. Um, and it plays, it, it also is a factor in the book. There's some literal roses in the book um, yes. that I wanted to draw attention to. And finally, the late comes from the idea of her being a late bloomer. Um, she has, um, she rose to fame, um, believe it or not. She was a, what's called a major minor poet. Um, she didn't write um, epic works, say, like T.S. Eliot. At the same time, her verse won the appreciation of numerous critics, not to mention the public. And she became a household word in the 20s. And she was in her 50s at that time. So I wanted the late rose to capture the idea of a late bloomer. I like that idea, you know, because, well, the name of my show is Get the Funk Out, and it's really never too late for personal development to switch gears have a new chapter anything it's very inspiring and i find it fitting because i myself am in my 50s mm -hmm. and now i'm telling her story yes. um and it culminated you know in her 50s and her her childhood um accomplishment you know of fame and uh on the cover um by the way there is a rose if readers um get a copy and and want to take a look at it if your um, listeners get a copy and want to take a look at it yes it's right underneath the a of late and i didn't notice it my mother actually noticed it oh, so this is um I kelly um i rose um um illustration and i think it's beautiful isn't it interesting pen how sometimes you wait to work on something until later in life uh, I feel like when you're more developed or you have more thoughts on things, when they've given these thoughts a chance to uh, settle and develop, I feel like this was perfect timing for you to write this now. I think so, too. I mean, I, I think it was fitting. Um, and uh, more and more, there are, there are more and more parallels of my life with news um, as I grow older. For instance, she took care of her father um, as he was dying from cancer. And just as I was finishing the book, the final draft, um, my father um, was dying of lung cancer. Oh, and so no. um, that was an interesting parallel. Yeah. Another parallel was that she was one of four children, um, as I was. Um, as well, her parents had a very difficult marriage, which my parents did too, nonetheless. Mm -hmm. They stayed together, you know, the whole of their lives. Yes. Um, so... 
that it's, it's a very personal story for me too and I think a lot of, a lot of readers will find that but yes I think you're right this was the perfect timing in order to um, develop this project absolutely well we have to wrap up but can you just give your website one more time for people to find you okay yes um, they can um, just um, google chickadee prince books okay. and they can find the book there or they can, you know, find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or their fi- favorite online bookseller. Fantastic. Congratulations, Penn. Thank you so much for calling into the show. Thank you so much, Janine. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Goodbye. That was Penn Pearson talking about her book, Bloomsbury's Late Rose, a novel. And if you missed any part of this, the conversation will be up on the blog within an hour after I wrap. We'll take a little break, and then I'll be back with my last guest. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.